it's less expensive to keep a customer coming back and they're the most profitable. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 74. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. Wouldn't it be the absolute dream if you could get every sale that you make to turn into another sale of the same product from a different customer? I mean, that would be fabulous. Reducing those marketing and cost of acquisition costs significantly. I'm in for a bit of that. Sign me up. <laughs> hey, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. From Response Suite, back once again for another episode. Yes, we're here again. We're just talking there about every time someone comes into your business and they enjoy what you do and they get a good result or they think you're fabulous. Many of us think, oh, wouldn't it be good if they went across and told their friends about it or left a review somewhere or they did something online or, I mean, some of us collect testimonials. We're pretty good at that, most of us, but like turn that into real proper advocacy and turn that into actually more sales. I mean, I've not really done enough work on that, have you? No, I mean, actually, I think there's an alarming number of people on the testimonials thing, incidentally, who will go out and they'll make a product and they'll get testimonials. They'll like sell a beta copies or something yes. to, to like early bird customers. They'll get testimonials to litter all over their sales material and then they'll never ask the rest of the millions of customers. <laughs> it is, and I'm, I'm looking at some of my stuff and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm doing that as well. Like there is, a, there is an element of that, like sporadically I'll ask for testimonials. Whereas in one of my businesses, when I'm doing gigs and doing the mind reading, thing. I have it built into my campaign that after the event date, Infusionsoft kicks off this campaign, sends them, a survey. sends them a survey, which says, Hey, what did you think of it? And if they thought it was fabulous, which luckily most of the time they do, it says, give me a testimonial, which, mm. which is, which is great. So yes. I mean, so today we decided we'd chat to the lovely Jessica Phillips about how to create sort of brand advocacy, which isn't as corporate and waffly out there as we as that word sort of sounds. I no. have a bit of a problem with the word advocacy because I think it's a bit like, oh, let's talk about it in the boardroom rather than the real world. But, but it's, it's dead practical and we're going to get loads out. But we took tons of notes on this one, didn't we? Yeah. Really, really loads to go into. Fabulous stuff. Now we're going to go into Rob's all important quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, boots on the ground march forward regardless of pastry. There it is, folks. There it is. What is your favorite quote we've ever done? If you're a regular regular listener to the show, let us know what your favorite quote that Rob's ever put together. Tweet us at Response Suite. We'd love to see that. Or if you haven't already left us a review on the Apple Podcasts or whichever place you get your podcast fixed from, please go and do that now. It really genuinely would mean the world to us. It means so much that we get to read your reviews. It really helps us reach more people and it means we can spread the love and all this great content with more people. Now, if you like your email marketing training to be better than your motivational quotes, we have got something really, really great for you. you did that. We are running a upcoming web class, which is teaching you this really cool campaign that we put together. We've been running for a really long time now, like probably about eight years, uh, although it's refined and improved over time. We've learned lots in that time. We, we were rubbish at it at the beginning. Though. This helped us to really quickly double our sales generated with email. So if that sounds like something that will be useful to you, we're running this free web class come and register totally free. Just head over to responsesuite.com slash webinar. Come and join us. We'd, I, think you, I genuinely think you're going to get so much out of it if you're at all dissatisfied with the number of sales that you're getting through the emails that you send. Mm. So without further ado, let's dive in and have a chat to Jessica Phillips. I think it's hardwired into us that we go out and we chase new prey just the way we have been doing since the, the caveman and woman days. We used to bring new things back to our families. But the thing is, that's not where 
most of the profits are in any of our businesses. Hello, Jessica Phillips. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Really good. Really pleased to have you here on the Free Marketers Podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's a really great point. How do you feel about this whole balance of trying to get new customers versus actually just sell more stuff and take care of your existing ones? Yeah, it is completely shifted and that's the new game of marketing. It's really retention and growing word of mouth referrals. Like 78% of people trust pure recommendations and that is the new word of mouth lead in generator, whether it is someone that they already know, like a family member, a coworker, a neighbor. It is the people that they're considering peers that are reviewing other brands online. So instead of us trying to get these new people to, to market to, it's really just doing a better job with the people that we're serving. So they're sharing more word of mouth referrals for us. Jessica, why do you think that's happening though? Why do you think the traditional, hey, I'm going to show you an ad and people are not responding to that half as well as they are to that sort of endorsed personal recommendation. Why do you think that shift's actually happened? Trust. Like people trust marketers less than used car salesmen and their ex, you know, literally. (laughs) (laughs) They do not trust marketing messages. They have information at their fingertips, literally with their phone. They can compare more sources, more things. And it doesn't matter if you're a niche of a niche of a niche of a business. Mm. Like you're not, what you do is not unique. What you do is not unique and your brand and your business is not unique, but how you do it can be. And that's the difference that makes the difference. And so we as businesses and brands need to focus on what that difference is. So more people are, are wanting to talk about us and share us out to grow those word of mouth referrals because now like people don't trust brands. Uh, and unless they do, and they build that trust with understanding that someone else has made that decision and had a great experience, then they're not going to work with them or stick with them. There's a really big mindset shift there for me, which is that word of mouth isn't just like, you know, Kennedy sees something cool and he calls me up and says, Hey Rob, I've just bought these new, I don't know, these new headphones, you should try them. Mm. That's word of mouth in my head. But you just said something there that made me realize, actually, it could just be other people like them on the Mm -hmm. internet that they've never met before, but for some reason they've gone ahead and engaged in the service, like they've seen a review. That now counts as word of mouth, which is an interesting thing to take out of this. Mm. Yeah, it's a community shift. I mean, think of it, it's like the Amazon generation, right? And Actually, this is not the first time it's been discussed. There's a study called Walker 2020 and big brands like Amazon, Coca-Cola, Intuit, all these brands were spending buku bucks to find out this shift in customer behavior because they're realizing, okay, it's not just about the price anymore. Like consumer behavior and mindset has shifted on where they're wanting to spend their buck. And they realize that there's three areas that people are willing to double down on and it's speed, ease of use, accessibility, which all boils down to the experience that people have or what they're willing to double down on. They're willing to pay more money and stick with you longer if they have a better experience. So we as consumers are now looking online to see what are the experience factors that brands are building before we choose to work with them or someone else. So we look at the reviews. It could be a less expensive product, you know, but if one out of five people say they wouldn't recommend it, we're not going to pick it. We're going to pick the one that has a lot of reviews on it that all say they have a good experience and, and double down on that one. And you do feel like warm and fuzzy about this, like just the other day. So I think I left a TripAdvisor review once and I had uh, an email from TripAdvisor just the other day saying, you know, I don't know, 72 people found your review helpful. And I was like, oh, that's lovely. And they've built that community of people around me who've literally clicked a button to say, do you know what, Rob, what, 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 
what Rob said about that thing uh, was, was, was useful. And that's really nice. I think what's really interesting with this is while trust is going down, ad cost and the acquisition of new customer cost continues to climb. And yeah. that tells us something really, really important. The, the cost of acquiring new customers going up. And the thing that people really don't respond to half as well as they used to is that stuff. And trust is going down. So for me, it sounds like it's very easy for us to go, yeah, well, some people recommend my product and that's good. For me, as a marketer, as a person who's scaling a business, how do we actually fuel this to happen mm -hmm. in a proactive way? Yeah. And two follow-up statements to what both of you just said. One, you said the TripAdvisor review that you left. What made you want to leave that review? Because we experience things every single day and it's not like we're wanting to leave a review, right? Like what made you want to leave that review? Was it an exceptional experience that you had there? It's either really positive or negative. Yeah, I think it was the opposite. I can't remember now, but I think it was a bad experience. That would have been the yeah. reason why I would have done it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By definition, experience is a verb. It's an emotion that somebody makes you feel. So it's either quick to anger or quick to excitement. People are willing to spend money and, and choose a brand to, to work with and then leave a review if they just said and did what they, what the consumer paid for. Like if you, you, ex, you're expected to do what you've promised to do and exchange money for value, right? But unless you exceed the value of what was promised to your customer, they're not going to leave a review. It's not considered a great experience if you just did exactly what the exchange was for, right? So I think, and you said something about acquiring new customers and how that is more expensive. On the flip side of that, it's less expensive to keep a customer coming back and they're the most profitable. So like right. if we shifted our mindset to say, okay, what if we spent less on ads and more on building a community with the people that have, we've already won over, they've already chose to work with us, they've already loved us enough, right, to, to choose us. What if we spent our efforts and our money and our time there just strengthening those individuals like VIPs that they are? then they're going to be more likely to have a good experience, emotion with us in order to refer us on. What's really interesting, like you just said there, and it really broke something apart for me, was for a lot of us, we see it as two pools. We see it as brand new customer acquisition, and we see it increasing the lifetime value of existing customers. Actually, if we look at existing customers as two pools. We ended up with three pools. We've got brand new cold coming in the front door. Okay, great. We've also got these wonderful bunch of people who are already delighted with what we do. They get it. They get us. They understand our brand. They understand our value. Amazing. Mm -hmm. They've received it. We can ascend them to more value. That's one way of increasing the revenue. But the other piece of that is also in increasing our revenue through them bringing in new customers. So instead of spending X amount on bringing new people in code from ads and stuff, what if we spent a huge percentage of that ad revenue, ad, uh, ad, ad spend in satisfying and delighting existing customers and encouraging them, incentivizing them to recommend them to other people? Yep. So here's how I break it down because there's even another group that we're not thinking of that most people don't think of it. Okay. So first I'm going to break down what you already said. So it's like the followers that are on our pages, that are following us online, that are consuming our content. The goal is to transition them from followers to true fans. There's a big difference. People that are willing to share it on, which goes then into your community, right? your community being people that you're collaborating with, like what you're doing right now. Like mm -hmm. you're collaborating with people that I may never do business with you, but by 
us hanging out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a fan of yours potentially by, by the experience that we're having together and willing to then refer you on. And then your clients into advocates for you. And then here's the group that most people forget. It's your team members the team members into evangelists. They are the ones that are usually customer facing, client facing, what have you, that do have the biggest experience factor that they could provide. So mm. it's focusing on those groups and transitioning them from thinking like just a follower, there's somebody on her page, to turning them into a fan, a team member into an evangelist, right? Like what is so going to happen? How do we do that? Let's, let's take a look yeah. at some practical yep. stuff because quick, dead quick story is I remember one day, Grace, who works for us, she hadn't been here so long, maybe eight to nine months, maybe 10 months. And she came in, she said, I realized last night I was lying in bed and I was thinking about response suite. And then I realized you guys have got me. And suddenly when you realize that the staff, the team members are thinking about you, your product, that what you do and the difference you make outside of work and are willing to go that above and beyond, you realize that you've correctly communicated that stuff. But how do we make that happen? Because we've actually in a place we don't really know how we've done that. Yeah. Really, 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 really great question. So we break it down to care. So it's an acronym, right? But the first thing is like just caring more. You just have to care more. But the first thing is capturing attention. Okay, so how do you capture attention? You first have to know who are your, your fans, your advocates, your evangelists by understanding what a day in their life looks like, what they care about, like what are some verticals that they're really following and connecting with online that you can bring in to the conversation and really meet them on their level. So it's not just you blabbing about your brand the whole time. You really create this community, kind of like, you know, the Beyonce beehive and, you know, um, the, the Lady Gaga little monsters, like everything that they do oh, yeah. is super consistent and, and double down on their community. And that's why it's grown. The second piece then, so the first piece with capturing attention is knowing your audience. So painting a picture of who they are, what they like, um, People call them avatars, buyer personas, whatever you want to call it, but get crystal clear on that for those people, your, your clients, your community, your team members, right? And, mm -hmm. and your collaborators. So painting personas for those individuals. The next is articulating your message. This is crucial as well, because if people can't repeat what you do and what you do really well better than someone else, your word of mouth is not going to stick. Like if people can't say, I know this brand for this thing and this is how they made me feel, they're not going to share your message on. And so you have to equip your community, your clients, your team members to be the marketers for you and the storytellers for you. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a quick story on this one. So, and this ties into the R. We um, I, I am a huge fan of Agora Pulse. They are a software company that yeah. um, shares- guys yeah. on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah phenomenal team members, phenomenal community, right? And I bought into them willing to pay more because of the community that they had and people that were advocating for them. So huge fan, doubled down on them, uh, starting working with them at the agency. Um, I ended up going on this, it's called Queenie's Retreat with these other ladies uh, <laughs> in digital where we went on this retreat and had this, this mastermind and video live on women in digital and the struggles and that kind of thing. Well, Agora Paul's caught wind of it. All of us were already Agora Pulse customers, okay? Right. But they caught wind of this Queenie's retreat and, and said, you know what? Hey, we want to treat you ladies to dinner with wine, you know, this phenomenal steakhouse. They're willing to invest in our dinner and our night out of already existing customers. They had nothing to win by that. You know, like we're already customers. They weren't trying to woo us. We've already been wooed by them, right? 
but they decided to invest in, in this dinner. And what do you think we did during dinner time? We're talking about Agora Pulse and how great it is that they're doing this. And then we're going live and talking about on social. And now the next time somebody asks about a social media management tool, we're doubling down in the comment thread on Agora Pulse because of that. And then when they have little tech issues and things where something's not connecting right, we're more forgiving. But they've equipped us to not only have they articulated their message well, what they do really well, but they're focusing on the R piece of care, which is the relationship aspect of it. Doubling down and building relationships for repeat referral business. They're taking their money and spending it with the people that have already bought in to what they're doing. So this can look like many different things. It can look like what Agora Pulse did, where you're just catching wind of something and surprising and delighting someone. It can focus on like maybe creating a smaller, more impactful community, like through a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group or a small Voxer group that you have where you're having direct communication with your tribe. Um, another example of this is I host a conference in Lima called Social Media Week Lima that just happened uh, June 17th and 18th in Lima, Ohio. And we had a Facebook group on all the people and the attendees and sponsors and speakers that were attending the event. I asked everybody to do a live intro to learn something more about them. And the thing was they had to share something unique about them or a hidden talent or something that others wouldn't know. So I was able to find out a lot about everyone while they were in the group to start that relationship building process. And so one of the gals that went live in there, she shared how she was this huge Coca-Cola fanatic, right? Mm. I never met her before, but by learning that I was able then, you know, the opening keynote on the stage to delight her with this huge like Coke swag box, right? She's been the biggest advocate mm. From that experience, which is the E and the care, which is doubling down on experience factors. So whether that's building relationships and, and doing gifting, whether that's, you know, focusing on something that someone said and responding back and personalizing it or whatever that looks like for your brand. But this is from start to finish that you're focusing on all these elements. Most people just think about it when a customer is coming into them yeah. and then when they've transitioned into a customer. But what we don't realize as brands is that 60% of the buying cycles over, over completely done before somebody's even made contact with the company. Hmm. So it is crucial that the experience starts before they even talk to you as a new client and that you're keeping that conversation going on after they become one, <laughs> you know, by, by focusing on building some kind of community pool where you're able to stay in touch and, and touch base with, with your audience there. I love that. One of the things a lot of us do focus on is when somebody, even even taking it just back a little bit, is we don't usually go as far as we should. For example, a lot of us will go, oh, we have a great onboarding process. When someone joins our program or community of some description, we'll get them in and make sure that they, that they consume the content or they get involved because that's going to be a stick rate thing. St sticking and making sure people don't refund or making sure people don't charge back or making sure they don't mm -hmm. whatever, disengage or make sure they stay or don't cancel basically, is, is one element definitely. But there's, there's this whole next bit, which is how do we turn them into advocates? Are they going to stand from the mountaintop? And every time someone says something which is even related to what you do, for them to go, you need to go and get this thing. You need to go and get, tell you who's amazing at creating this community is our pal JLD. Every time oh, he speaks, yeah. He talks about, he says, high fire nation, every single thing, mm -hmm. every single thing he does, calling out to his community 
and uh, John's absolutely incredible at it. Now, we're going to briefly interrupt yeah. proceedings to play our first game of the episode. Now, because this is all about creating word of mouth within your community uh, and you know all of the stuff that that entails, this is a game that's all about guessing the words that are coming out of my mouth. Yes, so this is how it's going to work. We like to shoehorn these things in. So I've written down 10 different styles of music. Oh, God. All right, have you seen them? I have now. <laughs> um, <laughs> 10 different styles of music, and Rob has to say them, but he, Rob, you're not allowed to show your teeth while you say them. Now, that sounds simple, dear listeners and Jessica, but, the, but if you try and speak without showing your teeth, you'll realize... So I'm going to do that face where you pretend you've got no teeth. Yeah. So would you say like, well, uh, just say three marketers walk into a podcast. Three marketers walk into a podcast. Okay. It sounds beautiful. It's lovely. But we might use that as the jingle from now <laughs> 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 right. So we're going to see how many of these you can get out of 10. So these are again. genres of music. Genres of music. Here's the first one. So the first one is... Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Can I have it again, please, Rob? Yeah. What do you think it was, Jessica? Jazz? Yes. Yes. Oh, Country and Western. <laughs> Country and Western. Yes! yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, next one. Opera. Opera? Yes. yes. Next one. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Yes, next one. Heavy metal. Heavy metal. Yes. Miracle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is, but I just want you to say it again. <laughs> Do it again. Miracle. Miracle. <laughs> Musical theater. It is. <laughs> in me. In me. In, in, indie. Yes. Punk. <laughs> Do it again. Punk. Punk. Yes, oh, you got it. Yeah, yeah, right. Next one. Blues. Blues. Yes. Finally. Folk. Folk. Yes. Very good. 10 out of bloody well. 10. Oh, you're very good. Well done. I'll go, go and team. get the confetti cannons. That's never happened Kaboom. before. It's like the golden buzzer. Absolutely love it. Well done. Well done. You'll get a 10 out of 10 on these. So I think what's, what's really interesting about all of this, and it would be really easy to think that this is something that big companies do with big expensive products and they do it where they've got, like for example, the companies who've got loads of money to spend just on brand marketing, where they don't need to get a direct return on the money that's spent. Yeah, but if we're the kind of people who are packaging our information, we've got a coaching program or something like that, You've got to be a much more aware of what's going on. Sure. How do we start to calculate? Because I know that you know when people yeah. talk about, for example, when people do talk about acquiring new customers, one of the things that we hear a lot is, so you, you, you decide how much you can afford to uh, spend to acquire a customer, and then loads of businesses don't know that number. Loads of people go, uh, 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 mm-hmm. what is that just plucked out of thin air? So how do we start to decide? First of all, how essential is spending money in, uh, in this process? Can it be done without spending loads of money? Is it? Do you find that the the value delivered when you do spend money on something is better than when you don't? And how do we sort of work out how much we can spend? Yes, and all of the above. So, but it's Thank you. really. Thank <laughs> you. So, but it's really brains over budget. It doesn't matter how much money you spend. If it's a crappy message, it's still not going to work. So uh, the key is really getting clear on, you know, what you were talking about, like JLD with that community, like shift a mind shift from, from shifting a mindset mindset shifting Are you from buying without showing your teeth? <laughs> I am. I wanted to see how fun it would be. But it's from buying to belonging. 
So it's really like doubling down and spending the investment on a person's time first, right? So a person's time that they're investing with getting this sense of belonging. So it's a lot of time invested in the engagement piece and the delighting factor. So you're doing kind of the the homework beforehand, writing out your process from start to finish on what it takes to get a new lead in Mm. and looking at where the friction points are. And I mean, literally writing out every single step, like a customer is typically doing a Google search on this. Okay, what's showing up and where can we show up to answer questions better than anyone else so we can get more organic traffic before, so we can shift from buying ads for that thing to earning the organic traffic that would be a result from them doing this thing, right? right? And then getting to our website and then what can we invest in on our website to build a community, whether that's a resource center or whether that's, you know, a a strong backend community with training modules and edutainment materials that are, you know, entertaining and education, education related in there, or whether that's somebody investing in monetizing your Facebook group community or wherever you're hosting your community. So that money is spent more on the sense of, like I said, the belonging aspect. Mm -hmm. So that's the hard part that people, when we're talking with them, they're like, you want me to invest in how much before I get this return? Because I'll be honest, that's, that's the downside is that it's a long end game, right? So if you're just getting started on this, you're realistically going to be doing this for a year before Mm -hmm. you get a great return on it. But I promise you, it'll be doubling down your sales and you'll be able to reduce the amount that you're spending on marketing. So it's kind of spending more upfront with the time investment and increasing your functionality and your flow, as well as if you're still you know, wanting to do ads and the, the traditional marketing at this same time until you get to this, this tipping point where now you can start reducing your ad spend reducing some of the other marketing that you're doing because now you're just in investing in the community aspect. I love this. As sort of direct response marketers online, one of the things obviously we all love to do is create cool campaigns that do nifty things. And what tends to happen is somebody comes into our business because they join our newsletter or they buy a product of some description, and then they go through the follow-up process, which is almost always designed to sell them the next thing. In other words, a lot of the time we have somebody comes in, buys a product, and we completely ignore the fact they bought that product. We never mention it again. They've Mm. bought that now. So now that, you know, the only reference to that product is, well, if you bought that, you'll also probably like this. Let's talk about that. And there's no gap in that space between somebody buying product A and buying product B, where we say, actually, do you want to do some stuff that allows you to go and talk about this a bit? So it's mm-hmm. one of the things that we started to shift at ResponseRe by suggesting people send out customer feedback surveys that also you know, kick off new marketing sequences. But in terms of that process between somebody coming into your business, buying a product, and buying the next product, do you like have a piece that you would tend to put into a business that says, okay, great, now go and give me your feedback here, leave a review here, go and do this, join this community. How does that actually functionally work on a sort of tactical level? Yeah. So we don't ask for anything until we've delighted, right? But you do have to have a good, you know, customer relationship management tool. So you do have this Intel and a customer one to know what they've purchased before, what they're, what they're, you know, connecting with and responding to already of the material and content that you're sending out. But then yes, doing surveys, doing, you know, phone calls, (laughs) you know, doing video emails to them, which are a hugely successful open rate, just a direct email with a video in it speaking directly to this person. Mm-hmm. Um, those kinds of things work great. And then not asking for the next necessarily sale until you know that they're satisfied. But 
here's the thing with it. So when we talk about spending money on like these direct campaigns, if you look at it and anything that you're spending money on, the more that you can build up the engagement piece first to what you have, the less you're going to be spending on any kind of ad. You know, Facebook works this way. YouTube works this way. Google works this way. Like the more engaging and relevant the ad is, then you're going to be spending less. So the key is just getting more intel on the person is every time they come back, which sometimes does require a, a customer relationship tool in order to make it um, more accurate. So collecting data on the person the whole time that they've become a customer, so you can learn very specific things about them, like what blogs are reading on your website, what they've opened, what they've clicked mm -hmm. on, um, where they're hanging out online, and then you respond back with getting their, their little bits of nuggets and feedback along the way. So whether that's something on your website that's asking, like you said, for a survey response or a direct response back to them, then asking for that, that next sale lead in and it's not just focusing on that. Oh, sorry. That. It's basically like, I, I love, I love it. I just get excited. Hence, hence interrupt me. Yeah, sorry. But I was, I was just thinking it's basically, we put all this love, emotion and excitement and passion into that funnel we created at the front end. It's just, a new kind of funnel, but in a different place. The funnel's dead. The funnel is dead. <laughs> Sales yeah, funnel is dead. Hang on, no, hang on. Let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah, it's a flywheel. It's not a sales funnel uh, anymore because it's growing outward, right? So like if we say that we want our customers to stick with us and that we want them to refer us on, then that means the sales cycle is never done. So people aren't just coming in as a lead and leaving as a customer and dropping down to the bottom of the funnel. They're staying in there. So it's a flywheel. Like you can look up flywheel examples by Amazon and HubSpot and we have one, um, but it literally is a circle now. And hopefully if you're doing it right, your circle is getting bigger and bigger and bigger because your community and, and your brand overall, meaning everyone in your community, your customers, your team members, you know, all of those individuals are, are growing outward with it. Love, Love that. that. Very cool. Wow. So we're going to go ahead and interrupt this episode for a second and final time to play our second and final game. So here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, Jessica, but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer. And that means that it will be somewhat hard to understand. So your job, and of course, dear listeners at home, is simply to guess, I've just given him the song, what song Kennedy is singing. So then son, take it away. Viva la Vida Loca? Oh, it's so oh, close. close. I can see why. We did cheat a little bit. We did. Well, yes, you did. Because I gave you a song that actually only has one, one lyric. And the rest of it's just a tune. Uh, but that was a very good guess. Uh, it was the song Tequila, you know. Do, 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 do. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Do, 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 do. The other lyrics are do, 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 do. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got one final question for you before we dive into the quick fire round. And that's really a lot of what we've talked about today has, has been about sort of the sort of wider picture. Let's build a great community of people who love us and, it, and they want to refer us. And that's great. Is there anything that you do where you're directly asking for a referral as part of this? Or are you just doing lots of cool things and knowing that that will cause people to want to refer I suppose you? part of that is, do people respond to being directly asked anymore? Or does that close them off and think, oh, they're, they're a bit desperate or they really need that? And you need to just do it in a sort of more indirect way. I feel like you'll know in, in both. So one if somebody's coming up to you and saying, thank you so much, I finally have this 
problem solved or this goal reached because of something that you offered, you can definitely respond back and say, thank you. We love hearing that. Would you be willing to share your you know, testimony with, with others by doing X, you know, so others like you can know that there's a solution out there. So that's always a, a more warranted kind of response. What I don't like is when people are enticing, like we had, um, a person in our community that was rewarding gift cards for reviews where it just doesn't come off as genuine. Cause if somebody right. sees that someone reviews a company, they may ask them and you really don't want that unless they are going to give this raving review where then if somebody's asking them that question, like, Hey, I see that you worked with such and such and you reviewed them. And they're like, yeah, it was okay. I really just did it because I got a gift card or whatever, or they were nagging me to do it. So you want to make sure that whatever they're sharing online is exactly what they're going to be saying in real life. It's really your, your online storefront and presence is exactly just real life, just on digital, you know? So, um, yes, it's definitely okay to ask for a lead, but just how you do it needs to be very intentional on who you're asking for it. Definitely. You wouldn't believe how, I mean, I'm sure you would, how many emails we get each week at response week from people asking if we would like to pay them to put a review of response suite on their blog or YouTube channel. I mean, and we're like, you're not a customer. Mm -hmm. How do you know what's any good? Oh, well, we'll get an account off you. And if you pay us a few grand and we're like, no, thank you. (laughs) And that's the thing. People are looking at conversations, you know, more than they are necessarily the reviews unless they've been verified. I mean, consumers are smart. We're smart. We know how to spot a fake. You know, Mm -hmm. BS meter has definitely went up a lot with all of us. (laughs) Love us. Skeptical than ever. Now, Jessica, we're going to jump now over now into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. Hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. What would be a book you'd recommend? Ooh, I love The Alchemist if it's like for an individual. I love that book. Mm, Great book. Uh, And what's one of your top success habits or something that you do regularly? Ooh, um, meditation, I'd say daily. That's really good. Which sort of entrepreneurs or business people, marketers do you really look up to? I love Simon Sinek and Seth Godin. Um, Those are probably two of my favorites. What are your favorite apps that you think are super cool right now or you think everybody listening should know about? I love LastPass one because password manager, (laughs) so many. Um, That's one. I love uh, SugarSweet. Uh, so, or sugar wish, excuse me, uh, where you can send a digital like candy evite to someone and then it sends them candy like in the mail to say, thank you for something. They literally get to be like a kid in a candy star and pick out their favorite nostalgic candy and then it sends back to them. So it's definitely a way of delighting. And then I love, um, bomb bomb as well, because you can send video Mm -hmm. emails that play directly in somebody's email. Yeah. There's some great services doing that on that. Absolutely brilliant. So Big, important question. Who do you like more, red-haired Rob or Platinum Kennedy? This is like not fair. You can't like, it's like choosing your favorite social media app or something. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say, hmm, I love the Platinum hair. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like I love the red too, but... Well, there you go. It's all going so there well. There we go. Finally, most importantly, Jessica, tell us where can we go to find out more about you and everything that you do? Uh, yeah, you could go to jessicaphillips.com. 
Love it. Links to all of that stuff in the show notes. We'll give you the link for that in a few moments' time. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us and sharing so much great stuff. Thank you for having me. You guys are a blast. I love how practical and applicable that stuff is to small businesses like us. Mm. And the thing is, we often think that that kind of stuff is the kind of stuff that other, other people do. Other people do that, don't they? They do that. And then we, we forget that actually, if I put my marketing budget into place now and said, okay, I've got a, I've got a hundred grand marketing budget for my ads, right? And I use that this year. But next year, my plan was to have such a good referral endorsed strategy that I want to take half that marketing budget on ads and take the other half and use it to show people how much I appreciate them and stimulate and have a really good referral strategy, I reckon the quality and the number of sales you'll get from referrals will be significantly higher than, than, than cold ads. It can only be, I mean, this is theory talking here. But it's a nice place to think about how you get there and then you can start to put the steps that you've learned today into action. Because what's interesting is that the competition for, refer- like if you buy something from me, Rob, and I come to you and say, hey, you really enjoyed it. You've gotten great results. Do you know a couple of other people who might get benefit from this? And you go and tell them about it. My competition in advertising to those two other people is zero. Yeah. Zero competition. So I don't have to beat the algorithm. I don't have to figure out my targeting. None of that stuff. I've got zero competition as the competitive pricing of all ad platforms continues to rise and it can only go that way. That's how it works and that's fine. That's the business. But the, comp- the competition for that is zero. Yep. So it means you can, and also the sales process of overcoming objections, that's done for me. So they're going to be higher converting almost always. And my acquisition cost is zero. All I need to do is somehow figure out a way of putting a strategy in place. That might be some time. It might be some technology. It might be something, I don't know, some investment in gifts or whatever it might be to get you to do that. But if I don't ask, well, as they say in the Northeast of England, shy bends get out. Yes. Which means if you're shy, you're not going to get anything. Yeah, you've just got to do it. And there's no hard and fact sort of fixed rules on how to do this. It's going to it's going to vary as we sort of worked out from business to business. But that's cool. You know, I think Jessica's giving you some really great actionable stuff that we can just go and start implementing. Talk about all that actionable stuff, all the show notes for everything we've just talked about, everything that Jessica just shared with us are over in the show notes. Rob, where are we going to find those? It's over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash 074. Most fabulous stuff. If you are still with us and you haven't left us a review on the podcast players yet, then get out. (laughs) I know you're busy and I know you've thought about it before and you've heard us talk about it before. Please go do it now. It means so much to us. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week and we're powered by your reviews to bring you the next guest. Don't miss a thing. thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.